regardless of whatever it is that you are faced with, it doesn't change God's plan for your life, right? When something happens in your life, that is not when God will now say, oh, okay, let me quickly create something. No. Everything has already been created, all right? The plan for your life is right in front of God like this. He's looking at, like, he's looking at his plan for your life right in front of him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, let us open our Bible to the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. I'm sure we all know that scripture. It says that, for I know what the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I'm not sure I like this version. Anyways, it says that, for I know the plans that I have towards you. All right? That's a sign that God has a plan for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He has a plan for your life. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5 says, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. The, the beginning part of the scripture says, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I said earlier, the challenges you face now are not what determines what his plan for your life is. His good plan for your life was there before you were born. Before you came into this world, his plan was already there. His plan was already there. In the book of Psalm 33 and verse 1, verse 11, he says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from what? Generations to generations. So God has the plan for your life in is what is art. That's to show you how precious you are. All right? You didn't, fall, you didn't fall from heaven. He has a plan for your life. Also, in the book of Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 26, it says, For the Lord of hosts has planned, and who can frustrate it? And as for his straight hand, who can turn it back? He says, God has planned. God has a plan for your life. I don't know who needs to hear this word this morning, but I am here to assure you, I am here to let you know that God has a plan for your life. Now, you can have, of course, there are good plans and there are bad plans. All right? He, God doesn't just have a plan for your life. He has good plans for your life. Plans to prosper you. Plans to make you what he wants you to be. So now you are wondering what's God's plan for my life. Okay, I'm, I've been running elder skelter. I've been doing all sorts of things. And it doesn't seem like God really cares about me. I'm here to let you know this morning that God cares about you. And he has a plan for your life. He loves you so much. He gave his only son. The Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 16 that for God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but what? Have everlasting life. It's a sign that God has a plan for your life. Now, what is God's plan for your life? God's plan for your life is to be fruitful. God's plan for your life is fruitfulness. God's plan for your life is what? Fruitfulness. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, when, after God made man, he said what? Be fruitful. Let us look at that scripture. He says, God blessed them and said, God, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful 
multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. So let's leave the latter part. He says, God did what? He blessed them. And he gave them what? He, he, he gave them a mandate. He gave us a mandate. What's the mandate? The mandate is what? To be fruitful. The mandate is to multiply. The mandate is to replenish the earth. It's to subdue it. Take advantage. Take control. Dominate. The Bible says in Psalm 8, from us, when it says that, let's go to that scripture. I don't want to miss it. All right? Talking about how God has given us, please give me Psalm 8. How God has given us dominion over everything. He says, Lord our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have covered the heavens and the earth. Well, verse 2. He says, Yahweh our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. You have covered the heavens with your majesty. Because of your adversaries, you have established a stronghold against your enemy. From the mouth of children and infants, you get your praise. When I observe your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you remember him? To son of man that you look after him. You made him little less than God. And crowned him with what? Glory and honor. You made him Lord over everything that you have made. You put everything under his feet. The Bible says God puts everything under our feet. God has given us seeds. Seed was deposited in every man at creation. So what is God's plan for my life? God's plan for your life is fruitfulness. God wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to be fruitful. When there is lack of fruit in the life of a man, there is something you are getting wrong. When there is lack of fruit in your life, there is definitely something you are not doing right. Because as we read in Genesis chapter 1, he already gave us the mandate. And we know that God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he some man that he should repent. As he said it, will he not do it? As he promised, will he not make it good? So if God says that, Subdue the earth. If God says be fruitful, if God says multiply, He has given you everything you need to carry out that mandate. God is never gonna, He will never send you on an assignment without giving you what you need, without making the provision available. So, everything you need to bear fruit, everything you need to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue the earth has been deposited inside of you. Everything you need to be fruitful. God's plan and desire for your life is to be fruitful. Let's go to John, give me John chapter 15 and verse 16 very quickly. John 15 and verse 16. John 15 and verse 16. It says that you did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you that you should go out and what? Produce fruit. And that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask in the name of the Father, he will give it to you. He says that you did not choose me, I chose you. I appointed you so that you will bear fruit. You have been appointed by God to bear fruit. The moment you step into the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ, you, you, you got an appointment to do what? To bear fruit. You got an appointment to bear fruit. Let me give us a scripture. Genesis 1.28, John 15.16, Leviticus 26 and verse 9. Genesis chapter 17 and verse 6 says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. Exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of you and kings will come forth from you. 
I decree and declare over your life that kings will come forth from you in the name of Jesus. What does it mean to be fruitful? To be fruitful means to show evidences that God is at work in your life and also to manifest God's power at work in you. Let me read that again. To show evidences that God is at work in your life and also to manifest God's power at work in you. The Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13 that for it is God that does what works in us both to will and to do according to what is good pleasure. It is God that is working in us. So God is working in us. Therefore, we should, there should be fruits. We should see the evidence that God is actually working in us. We should see the evidence that God is working in us. Of course, I will never talk about, I, you will never find me preaching and I will not bring football into it. There's a team called Chelsea. They've been working, 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 working. No fruit. No fruit to show for it. Nothing. You cannot say this is, okay, this is the fruit. No. All you see is leaves. Leaves. And that's, that's my desire for them anyways. I know. I mean, they are my rival. Oh, Chelsea. I'm actually not sorry, right? Okay, so let's, okay. To buttress my point now. What did you guys play yesterday? What now? 4-1. Oh, Chelsea won. You guys lost now. 4-1. Guess the team that beat them. Newcastle. May you not be like Chelsea in Jesus' name. You will bear fruit in the name of Jesus. So to show that God is at work in you, you will be evidence God's day. Because if there's no evidence, you you go, stay, stay, stay. So there must be evidences to show for it that God is at work in you. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 that he that has started the what? The good work in you shall bring it into completion until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God has started a good work in you. God is working in you. So therefore you must show fruit. My time is moving really, really, really fast. And it's good. We'll be able to cut something short in righteousness. All right, Roman. Okay, let me just keep that. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think, according to the power that is at work in us. If you have Christ, God is at work in you. And we must see the evidence, we must see the fruit that God is at work in you. That is the desire of every believer. If you, if, I, if you agree with me. It is my desire to serve God and I am not getting leaves with that tree in return. There are fruits to show for it. That is my desire. And I believe that is the desire of everybody here this morning. So if you are doing all of these things and you are not getting results, you are not seeing fruits, that means there is something you are getting wrong. If God is at work in your life, then there must be something to show for it. The evidence that God is truly at work in you or is not at work in you is by your fruit. I'm going to take that again. The evidence that God is at work in you and, or God is not at work in you is by your fruit. It is by your fruit. Of course, the devil is always working. But guess what? God is always working. And as a matter of fact, God is always ahead of him. So if the devil is working, God is also working. The Bible says that for by their fruit you shall know them. In Matthew 7, 16 and Matthew 7, 20, Jesus said it twice. By their fruit you shall know them. 
What kind of fruit are you bearing? By their fruit you shall know them. What does it mean to be fruitful? Number two, to be abundantly productive. I'm not going to dwell on that too much. If there is any work you are doing and there is no fruit to show for it, you are wasting your time. Who wants to be going to work every now and then and you are not collecting salary? Uh-uh. Did they wire me? I wake up in the morning, have my bath, do everything. I come to, I waste, I use my transfer fare to come to the office. And at the end of the month, I want to be year grand ground now. Right? Yeah, it's the same year. Nobody wants to work and there is no return for it. No fruit. Alright? So if there is anything you are doing and there is nothing to show for it, you may need to reconsider. You may need to ask God questions. God, what is your plan for my life? When I started photography and um, cinematography, Okay, so I started photography first. I wanted to become a photographer. I don't, I don't want to carry, do video. Carry, I wanted to be a photographer. I wanted to take pictures. That's all. That's all. I don't like Premiere Pro, DaVinci Resolve. I, don't, I want to edit pictures. Lightroom, Photoshop, Capcom, um, um, Capture One, finish. But guess what was happening? I was not getting photography jobs. But I know this photography where I was not getting job. So, in, 20, in 2020, or thereabouts, God told me clearly that, yes, yeah, so you are going to do photography, but it is through this cinematography that I want to bless you the most. That is God's plan for my life. So, guess what now? Of course, uh, why am I working? Is it not to be a fruit? I switched. Of course, I'm still a photographer, but that one is a... It's usually a different package, all right? So, everything you do must yield fruit. Because fruit bearing is a standard God has set. You must always bear fruit. God expects you to multiply whatever he gives you. God expects you to multiply whatever he gives you. So, I have some initial thoughts on fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is God's way of blessing his people. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1 very quickly. Fruitfulness is God's way of blessing people. The Bible says that the Lord said to Abraham, go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to a land that I will show you. Verse 2. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. Verse 3. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All the people on the earth will be blessed through you. Fruitfulness is God's way of blessing. Lack of fruit in the life of a child of God is an embarrassment to God. You are serving God. You wake up in the your voice they hear every now and then. In the morning, you are waking your neighbors up and there is no fruit to show for it. It is an embarrassment to God. Imagine, 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 of course, you go to church, you do all of these things, you, and they just bring a, a, maybe one sick child to you, and you cannot even cast out that tiny demon. No fruit. If you come to, if you go to that person and say, I give your life to Christ, when you give your life to Christ, you will lay hands on the sick child. They will not listen to you. So, God wants us to bear fruit. If we are not bearing fruit, we are not, we, it is an embarrassment to him. It is an embarrassment to him. No wonder the Bible says that in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 10 that the axe is ready to strike the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree that doesn't bear fruit, 
good fruit will be cut down and what thrown into the fire. God doesn't want you to embarrass him. He wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to be fruitful. That is his mandate for your life. There are principles and guidelines that comes with being fruitful. And they must be obeyed strict, strictly. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 23 and verse 25, And you shall serve the Lord your God. And he will bless your bread, bread bless, bless your wine and all of those things. There are principles that need to be followed strictly for fruitfulness to abound. Fruitfulness is God's reward for seed sowing. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 13 that Isaac sowed in the land. And let's go to that scripture, Genesis 26 and verse 13. Genesis 26 and verse 13, very quickly. It says, Isaac sowed in the land and reaped the hundred. It says, there were, from, verse, from verse 12, verse 12. Says, Isaac sowed seed in the land, and in that year he reaped a hundred times what was sown. The Lord blessed him. Next. And man became rich and kept getting richer until he was very wealthy. God's reward for seed sowing is wealth. God's reward for seed sowing is riches. When there is no seed to the ground, unfruitfulness will continually abound. God needs seed in the ground to cause growth. Sowing and reaping is one of the principles God has put in place for fruitfulness right from the foundation of the world. In, 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 in um, in, in the church in those days, in First Corinthians, some people were fighting. Now they were saying that, "Oh, me, I belong to Polaricio. Oh, me, I belong to uh, I belong to Polake. Me, I belong to all the of Apostle Paul said, "You sit down. What's your problem? Me, I plant the seed. Apollos watered. It is God that brings the increase. It is God that brings the increase. So seed sowing is one of the principles God has put God has put in place." For fruitfulness. Every fruit bearing seed has been deposited into man at creation. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 29 says, Then God said, Behold, I have given you every yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit bearing seed, it shall be food for you. What you get from God as a result of the seed you have sown, you have sown is fruit, evidences. That he is at work in your life. Your time of sowing may not be seen by many. But by the time you start bearing fruit, it will be evident to all. Types of fruits. There are good fruits and there are bad fruits. Number one, good fruit. Good fruit brings glory, honor, and men to God. When you bear good fruit, they bring glory, they bring honor, and men unto God. So, I will not be dwelling too much on some of the points. Number two, bad fruit. Bad fruit brings embarrassment to God. It makes people question the sovereignty of God. So what are the causes of unfruitfulness? Laziness. Laziness. To be honest, some of us are too lazy. <laughs> Do you know that Jesus never called anybody in the Bible that was idle? All, go and check it. All of the people he called, they were doing something. You are asking God to bless you, to bless you. What do you want him to bless? 
you cannot be doing something for God to bless you. He says that I will bless the work of your hands. Jesus never called an idle person. The reason why many are not at the level they are supposed to be now is not because of lack of seed to sow, but because of laziness. God will never give you what he knows you cannot undo. God is not delighted in lazy people because he himself works. I mean, when, this, when I started preaching, I showed out several scriptures that show that God is working. God is as working us. Okay, if you, don't, if, you, if you are doubting if God is working, just look at me. Right? God is working me. If you, if you want to see the evidence that God is working, me, I'm, I'm a product of God's work. I don't know about you, but I am a product of God's work. So if God is working, who are you? You are trusting God for funds, and you are, you are, not, you are not doing anything. Yoruba, um, African magic movie has tampered with your, with your mindset that, oh, you'll just be walking on the way, and somebody, one man, will just pack big jeep and just give you that, oh, mommy, money, any dream. Give you 100 million. Do you know that these things can happen, right? But believe me, it's not going to happen if God knows that when you get that 100 million, what are you going to do with it? You don't have any business, you are not doing anything. So God doesn't take delight in lazy people. If you are not sure, if, okay, I already said that. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 24 says, The diligent hand will rule, but laziness will lead to forced labor. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 6 says, Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon, for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. Idle ant makes one poor, but diligent ant brings riches. It says that plant in the morning, but in the afternoon, don't go to rest. You must keep working. We have the strength now. Look. The reason why we are not bearing fruit, eh? If, if you don't get to work, nothing will happen, no. You are not going to reap what you have not sown. You are not going to reap what, if all you are doing is sleep, 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 you say, oh, I'm a, I'm, I, I am a student. And so what? And so why can't you have a business? Do something. Okay, you know, don't do something if you don't want to bear fruit. You can't be lazy now and expect God to move. God is not, not going to open heaven and just pour dollars. He's not going to do that. You got to work, baby. Don't you remember? Say, work, baby. God is only committed to blessing and establishing the works of your answer. Anything other than that will be contrary to his principle. Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 90 and verse 17. Please give me Psalm 90 and verse 17. Very quickly. Psalm 19 and verse 17. He says, let the favor of the Lord our God be on us. Establish for us the what? Work of our hands. Establish the work of our hands. It is the work of your hands that the Lord will establish. What are you doing? What do you want God to establish? He has said it here that the, let the favor of the Lord our God be on us. Establish for us the work of our hands. It is the work of your hands that the Lord will establish. It is the work of your hands that will bear fruit. What are you doing? A lazy person will never know what it means to plant and to harvest. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 5 that the son who gathers during summer is prudent. The son who sleeps during harvest is disgraceful. Number two reason for unfruitfulness, lukewarmness. We are too lukewarm. You are neither here nor there. 
We don't even know, we don't even know where you are, whether you are light, whether you are, whether you are darkness. Do you know the problem about lukewarmness? We don't know how to help you. We don't know because we are confused. Okay, are you light? If you are light, okay, good. We'll be praying that you keep growing. But if you are darkness, we know that, okay, we need to bring Jesus to you and, and, and preach to you. But today you are in the club. Tomorrow you are. Let us know where you are. A lukewarm person is not going to receive anything from God. Never. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says in Revelation 3, 16, that if you are lukewarm, I'm going to spill you out of my mouth. You cannot afford to be hot or cold. And I want to encourage you to choose to be hot. You have to be on fire for God. I said the other time, the, the only life that is worth living is the life lived for God. Trust me. You cannot be in the world and be in the church at the same time. You gotta pick one. And I'm encouraging you to pick life because that is where the blessing of the Lord is. And apart from the blessing, there is eternal life. The plan of God is not going to be, God has a plan for everybody on the face of the earth. But the plan is not going to be made manifest if they are doing one leg in, one leg out. If they are not in Christ fully. So you can't afford to be lukewarm. Keys to being fruitful, abiding. Keys to be, number one key to being fruitful is abiding. The Bible says in John chapter 4, verse 15, verse 4 to 9, it says, it is, you know what? I want to read this version. John chapter 15. Do you have HCSB? Oh, good. Ah, this person is so smart. All right. He says, no, 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 HCSB. The one before this. He says, remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce food by itself, unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. you got to be abiding in the Lord, baby, if you want to bear fruit. You have to abide in the Lord. It is one thing to abide in God. It's another thing for his word to abide in you. To ab abide is from the Greek word meno, which means mansion, habitation, to stay in one place. To be in a fixed state. To accept without objection. To be single-minded. To remain in the same place or position over a period of time. It means to reside, stay, live, lodge, tarry, or dwell. How do you abide? You abide by meditating on the word of God. By meditating. The Bible says in Psalm 1 and verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the castle of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law does he meditate day and night. What did the Bible say will happen to him? It says, It shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. And whatsoever we do it, we what? We prosper. God wants to prosper you. God wants you to do well. But if you are not abiding by meditating upon his word, you are not going to get any of these things he has promised. I promise you, you are not going to get it. God wants you to abide. God wants you to abide. Keys to being fruitful, number three. Prayer. Now, not just prayer. Prayer that involves the total man. The Bible says Elijah was man of like passion, just like me and you. He prayed earnestly that it was not going to rain for years. And guess what? It did not rain. And after a while, he came back again and said, oh yeah, I want rain to come. 
And what happened? Rain came. We must give ourselves to prayer. Things to note on prayer. Prayer has everything to do with the entire man. It takes a man in his whole being, soul, mind, and body to generate results in the place of prayer. It takes the whole man to pray earnestly. It takes the whole man, your mind, your will, your emotions, your everything to pray. You are not praying with, and your mind is somewhere else. No, you are focused on God. It takes the old man to pray earnestly. All of man, all of man, all of man receives nutrients from divine in prayer. The largest result in praying comes to him who gives himself, all of himself, all of himself to God in prayer. The sort of praying that brings the largest fruit is usually done by a man that gives the totality of his being to prayer. God wants all that there is in man to answer his prayers. God all, all that there is in you, he wants it to answer your prayers. If you are double-minded, forget it, don't even bother. Because God doesn't even have the ability to hear the prayers of a double-minded person. The Bible says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, chapter, Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Because no one who comes to him, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And he is a rewarder of those who what diligently seek him. Those who seek him earnestly. Those who seek him earnestly, I need to rush up. A praying Christian is a fruitful Christian. Until you take yourself out of the picture in the place of prayer, you cannot bear fruit. God doesn't want anything that has to do with you in prayer. It was just you. Get yourself everything out. Another key to bearing fruit is death to self. Death to self. Fruitfulness only abounds when you die daily. Let us go to Romans chapter 6 and verse 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse 6. It says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might, not, might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Verse 8. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we shall believe that we shall live with him. We shall believe that we shall live with him. The Bible says in John chapter 22, John chapter 12 and verse 24, it says, very, very, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abideth alone. But if it falls and dies, it bringeth much, much fruit. It bringeth forth much fruit. God wants you to bear fruit, but he wants you to die first. The best way to live is to die. The best way to live is to die. Whoever wants to live must die daily. You must always put yourself under the subjection of God's will. You cannot abide without dying first. Dying to self means you are doing away with your own fleshly desires and putting on the new man. It means to forego the fleshly desires of this world and longing after Christ. And all that it stands for. If you are truly, if you are dying daily, every day, the desires of God will become your desire. What he wants is what you will want. Where he says you should go is where you will go. Dying to self. My people, we need to die daily. Every day, you need to die daily. You need to put yourself under. It is one thing for your standard to be in Christ. It is another, it's a different thing for Christ himself to be your standard. 
You, you can say, I have my standard, but it is in Christ. No. Christ must be. He, he is my standard. So I don't, there is no me. There is no me. Christ must be your standard. You live according to his dictates. You live by dying. Luke chapter 9 and verse 20 to 24 says, Then he said to them, and if anyone wants to come to me, he must what? Deny himself. One, take up his cross daily and follow me. If you want to walk with the Lord, if you want to bear fruit, you have to deny yourself. Not once in a while, but daily and follow God. Until the desires of God becomes your desires, you will keep planting and planting and planting and you will not reap a harvest. There will not be fruits to show for it. Another key to being fruitful is being planted in God's house. The Bible says in the book of Psalm chapter 92 and verse 13, it says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall do what? Flourish in the courts of their God. Are you planted in the house of the Lord? You, yeah, you, came, you come to church and all of those things, but are you planted? It's a different thing to be a churchgoer and a different thing to identify with the church. Do you belong to the body of Christ? Do you belong to the church? Do you belong to church? Or you just do church with the way you like? Look, you are not planted that way. Until you start living according to the principles, dictates, set by the set man of the church. You are not yet planted in the house of the Lord. Until you stop picking the services you should come for. Say, oh, Bible study. Bible study. Oh, she is just one hour preaching. So, there's the prayer and worship is always short. No. Until you start taking every, every meeting, you take it seriously. We say we are praying online. We are praying for souls. Can you go, can you come? You are there. That's what it means to identify with the church. We say we are doing social media drive. You are there doing it. Carrying your church on your head like this. That is what it means to identify with the church. How will you be in a church for three, four, five months and you will not be in a ministry? What? What? And you want fruit? It's not possible. Now, this is not my, this is, it's there. Please give us Psalm 92 and verse 13 so that you see that I'm not just quoting this scripture. Psalm 92, 92 and verse 13. It says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the court of their God. You need to be planted in God's house. For you to flourish. To be planted in God's house means to have an undivided attention to the things of God. It means to be consumed by the zeal of God's house. Jesus said, oh, for the zeal of your house has consumed me. Can you actually make that statement that the zeal of the house of God has consumed me? If the zeal of God's house has consumed you, you will not be seeing souls out there wasting away. And you will not be preaching the gospel to them. And bringing them to that house. Number three, another key. I've even lost the number. Another key to, to bearing fruit. Thanksgiving. When the voice of your thanksgiving is louder than the voice of your petition, God will make multiplication abound in your life. When Jesus multiplied the bread and fish, what did he do? How did the multiplication happen? He gave thanks. He gave thanks. When you are thankful, you are saying everything is dependent on God. If you recognize that Jesus is the source of your life, you will be thankful. In thanking God, worry disappears. Because when you are thanking God, the focus is not on you. The focus is on God. You cannot worry and thank God at the same time. 
You cannot give God thanks and worry at the same time. You cannot be unthankful and be found in the grace of God. Thanksgiving is acknowledging God's greatness. When we thank God, you are telling him, you acknowledge he is the one at work in you and he is the giver of the seed and the ability you have to make wealth. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 17, he says, you may say to yourself, my power and my own ability have this wealth for me. But remember, it is the Lord that gives you the power and the ability to make wealth. That's what Thanksgiving does for you. It makes you realize that God is the one giving you the power and the ability to bear fruit, the seed, and everything you need to make wealth. You don't have food to eat. Thank him that you have mouth to eat. You don't have your scoopies. Thank him that you are not a dropout. You don't have money to pay your house rent. Thank him that you are not sleeping under the, under the bridge. Your health is failing. Thank him that you are alive and well. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him and watch him turn it. Turn to your neighbor. Say, thank him and watch him turn it. Can I bring up my... Is this my last point? I think it should be my last point. Ah. Number three. Did I just say number three? I've given up like number four. Okay, thanks. Number four. This is... This is, the, this is my favorite part. Oh, joy. Joy. You want to bear fruit and joy is missing in your life. You are deceiving yourself. You will plant and plant and plant and plant and plant. You know, I, God woke me up with this scripture in mind. Isaiah chapter 54, but we'll go there. All right. You need to have joy. If you want to have this. Don't let joy out of your heart. Your heart is a major part of your life. And joy in it keeps it in check. When the joy level in, the man, in a man's life is low, check it. All you find is wither tree. Let's go to Joel chapter 1 and verse 10. Joel 1 chapter 10. Joel, Joel. 1. It says, the fields are destroyed. The land grieves. Indeed, the grain is destroyed. The new wine is dried up. And the olive oil fails. Next. Be ashamed, you farmers. Well, you wine dressers. Over what? Over wheat and the barley. Because the harvest of the field has perished. Next. The grapevine is dried up. And the pomegranate fig tree is withered. The pomegranate and the date palm and the apple. All the trees of the orchard have withered. Indeed. Joy has dried up in the lives of men. He said all of these things are happening because there is no joy. You are sowing, grumbling. You gotta be joyful. Joy. 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 The joy of the Lord is my strength. I don't know about you, but the joy of the Lord is my strength. The circumstances around you should never determine the level of your joy. The level of your joy must be determined by the Holy Spirit on your inside if you want fruit in your life. Your natural response to anything should be joy. Oh, somebody died. Joy. I know it may not make sense. Joy sometimes joy doesn't make sense. I mean, they, they just sat you and you are dancing to your house. Oh, glory to the Lord. It doesn't make sense. But guess what? That is what God uses to turn things around for people. If you are truly convinced that God's plan for your life is nothing short of good, 
Rejoicing in the Lord of your salvation will be your natural response to everything. Will be your natural response to everything. In Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17, Habakkuk cracked this code and he gave it to us free of charge. Say, me have found the code though. He says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fruit produce no fruit, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Next. Yet, I will triumph in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. I'm here to tell you this morning. Choose joy. Though there is no, as you are going home now, there is no food. Things are not working the way you want them to go and all of those things. Choose joy. Like Habakkuk. He said, yet, regardless of all of these things, the economy is failing. This is happening. That is happening. And yet, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Because regardless of what is happening, God is going to bring me out. God is going to bring me out. Choose joy. Joy in the God of your salvation is the best posture God wants you to maintain. In the good and in the not too good times. No wonder Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say what? Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. A joyful man is not a quiet man in the face of either scarcity or abundance. In abundance, you are joyful. You are speaking. In, 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 in scarcity, the same. A joyful man is bold and he speaks boldly. When things when things are working, choose joy. When things are not working, choose joy. When there's no money in your account, choose joy. When it seems like things are slow, choose joy. Joy brings speed. Choose joy. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, I want us to read this scripture together. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 9. Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 9. It says, rejoice, young man, while you are young, and let your heart be glad in the days of your youth. This is an instruction. Rejoice. What's wrong with you? Talk to your neighbor. Say, what's wrong with you? Rejoice. God is going to work it out. Rejoice. 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 The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16, he says, your words were found and I ate them. And your words, and your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your God, O Lord of Israel. O Lord of hosts. Jeremiah said, your words were found, and I ate them. Your word is joy to my heart. When the word of God is joy to your heart, you, you show it. You show it. You are reading, you are reading the Bible, and the, the, the word of God is joy to your heart. You are, not, you, are not, you are not saying, oh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. No. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You are joyful. You are glad. You are happy. That you have found great treasure. There's a part of the Bible that talks about the fact that I take your word as I rejoice over your word like somebody that has found great spoil. Please don't know that scripture. I want to see that scripture. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 3. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 3. It says, Your words. You have, you, have, you have enlarged the nation and increased joy. Okay, wait, hold on. I think this one looks like it too. 
Hold on. He says, you have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoice at harvest time and as they rejoice while dividing spoil. So in those days, when kings go to war, right, they, they get spoils. They plunder a lot of things. Things that they did not work for. So how will you rejoice when, you know, you found great spoil? You are not going to be quiet. I'm so sure of that. That's how we should rejoice even when we are yet to find great spoil. Even when you are yet to hold on to that treasure. Joy helps you to see that treasure. Until you see it, you cannot see it. Until you see it through the eyes of faith and through the spirit, you cannot see it. Psalm 119 verse 162 says, I rejoice at your word as one who has found great treasure. Three ways to express joy. Laughter. Look, we need to learn this code. It doesn't make sense. In fact, I think out of all the things in the Bible, there are so many things that doesn't make sense to, ah, this thing is giving me, ah, thank God I brought it. It's not making me see all of you. When I removed it, I was seeing the effect looking at me like, all right. Where was I? I must use line of thought. Mm. Yeah. So out of, there are so many things that to the human mind, it doesn't make sense. I mean, why will I get kidnapped? They are pointing a gun at me, and I'm laughing. <laughs> and I'm laughing. Does it make sense? No, it doesn't. What's my business? It doesn't have to make sense to you. Does it make sense to God? Yes, it does. Why? Because that's what it does too. When his enemies rise up against him, I remember they kidnapped, no, they, they were not kidnapped. They arrested Apostle Peter and John at the time and they took them to, they, they arrested them and they, and they said that, don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. If you preach in the name of Jesus, this, 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 we are going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. You know what they started doing? So they, they prayed now. They prayed Psalm 2. He says, they said, why did the people rage? Why did the people conspire vain thing? This, this, this. And he says that, the one who is seated in heaven shall laugh. Laughter discourages the devil. That's what laughter does. The devil is sending his agents to come and disturb you. And you see the demon and you are laughing. <laughs> and you are laughing. They will go away. They will just say, Oh God, oh, let your serious daddy. Laughter discourages them. God laughs when he sees calamity. Laughter in the face of trouble is an expression of joy. Laughter brings joy from within you. When you laugh, you are despising the circumstance and making light of the problem. You are making light of the problem. Another way to express joy is to sing. Is to sing. <laughs> yes, so this singing part. God actually sat me down and of course all the all, all the things i've been talking about since are blessing me right but this particular one god sat me down and he said so i was as i was preparing he said stay there so he said i am not moved by the awesomeness of your voice i am moved by the intent of your heart i was like wow so all this why that I used to come here and say, I don't know how to sing. 
God doesn't care. Quiet, expect me in your reaction on, on Saturday. It's not about the awesomeness of my voice. I'm singing to my God. If you are not in the choir, do you agree with me? God bless you. God doesn't care about the awesomeness of your voice. Or as it were. If you are in the choir, he cares. Oh. Don't, don't, don't say, God, say God doesn't care. You're not going to join choir. I'm stressing them. They will bounce you down. But really, when, 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 it's, when you are in a personal fellowship with God, he doesn't care about how sweet your voice is. Was he not the one that put that voice there? He put that voice there for a reason. So whether the voice is sweet like my own, whether it's not sweet like my own, my voice is like this. Sometimes I know how to sing. Sometimes I don't know how to sing. But God wants us to sing to him. All right? God wants us to make melodies in our heart to him. He doesn't care about the, the, he doesn't care about the dexterity of your voice. He's not moved by all of those things. He wants you to make melody in your heart. He wants you to sing to him. So let me ask you a question. When was the last time you sang to God? When? No, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about when you come to church. Like, when you are having your personal time with God. When was the last time you composed a song to God? Like, song that never existed. You just sing... You just sing it. You just sing his praise. You know, when it's, when it's time for us to send, ah, baby, you are the chemical in my dish, you are the sugar in my moon, you are, in, you are the light in my darkness, you are the, all of these things. We know how to do them really well, especially me. Eh? I know how to do it. Well. But guess what? To God, I also do it. I won't say I know how to do it well. I've said all of these things to say that God, God likes it. God wants it. He wants you to sing to him. If you have experienced his greatness, if you have experienced his love, sing to him. Sing about his love. Just sing to the Lord. I have some scriptures. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 20. Wow. I, I manage my time well. You should clap for me now. I manage my time well. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 20. Job chapter 35 and verse 10. All right. The third one is dancing. You express joy by dancing. So the only person that is barren in the Bible is Micah, right? That's the only person that the Bible recorded that, oh, okay, this person did not give birth to anybody until she, she just fizzled out of the scriptures. Do you know why she despised dance? That is to show you how much delight God takes in dance. David was coming in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 14. David was coming from wherever he was coming from and he was dancing. He was dancing, dancing, dancing like God's project. He was dancing, he was doing, he was... So, the Bible said that Micah despised him in her heart. That, what's wrong with this guy? You are a king and you are dancing like this and all of those things. <laughs> Do you know what David, Do you know what David said to her? David told her the story of her life from generations ago. David said, it is God. Me, I'm dancing to, I, I want to paraphrase now. He said, David said, it's, I am dancing to God. The God that removed your father from this throne and put me there because he did this, 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 this. That's why I'm dancing to him. The God that did not let your father see the end of this thing. That's why I'm dancing to him. So anything that stops you from dancing is a problem. Is of the devil. You must dance always. Praise and worship will be going on. You'll be doing like this. 
as if God has not blessed you before. Even if he's not blessing you now, or which he's actually blessing you. Based on what you'll be going on, that's when you want to bring out your phone to do selfie or dance. Be joyous in the Lord. <laughs> be joyous now. So I'm actually very glad now. Be joyous in the Lord. Be joyous in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here is the thing. It is not the hearer that is blessed. Right? It is what? It is the doer. So, what I want you to do eh, is to go home and do all the things that has been said today. That is when you are going to be able to bear fruit. Trust me. It's not by keeping notes. Do you understand? It's not by writing things down. Right now, so when you get to ask yourself questions, God, what is your plan for my life? God, what do you want me to do in this season? What am I doing wrongly? What do I need to do better? And God will begin to speak to you. God will begin to speak to you. Also, I want to encourage us to take our work with God seriously. I'm telling you, you cannot take your work with God seriously and God is not going to bless you in return. Of course, we are not doing all of these things so that God will bless us. No. We are doing it because he called for it. He called for it. The reason why you have life, the reason why you are here, the reason why you have been called is so that you will do his work. So we must do it diligently. And if we want to do it diligently, we need to ask him how he wants us to do it. Where are we going to ask him how he wants us to do it? In the place of fellowship and intimacy with him. So it's not, so leader, the leaders, we had a retreat last week Sunday and God was teaching us that it is not about the service that you render to me. Yes, the service you render is okay. I love it. I want it. I need it. But it is not, that is not the priority. Intimacy with me is the priority. Intimacy with me must be ahead. Because when you are intimate with God, you will learn his ways. He will begin to teach you how you can serve him better. I want to encourage you, if you are not serving God yet, serve God. Because it pays to serve God. Should we end this service on a note of rejoicing? We should now. Today is Thanksgiving Sunday. Yeah. So we are going to rejoice this morning. Let's rise up on our feet. Let's rise up on our feet. Let's just pray for, like, in the next one minute. Let's just talk to God. Talk to God. Say, God... Here in my life, do you want me to make amends? Talk to God. Talk to God. Ask God questions. God, where should I make amends? What am I doing wrongly? Help me. Mandali, brother Kashandi. Embrede ketele lebo shukatari andari andi. Ekelem, brother Bali andari akalabasha. God, what will you have me do differently? What will you have me do differently? That I may bear fruit. Talk to God. Talk to God. Say, God, what will you have me do differently? What am I getting wrong? I want to bear fruit. I want to bear good fruit so that I will not be cut down. God, what, will you, what do you want me to do differently? Make sure you are talking to God this morning. I don't want you to look around. God, 
God, I am leaning before you this morning and I am asking that what would you have me do for you? What can I do differently for you? I want to love you better. I want to know you more. I want to serve you better that I may bear fruit. God help me. God help me. Asa palikete de basha. Asa kapalikete de basha. Asa palikete de basha. All eyes closed and all heads bowed. All eyes closed. If you are here this morning and you don't have Jesus, forget about everything that has been said here. You cannot bear fruit. It is not a cause. That is what that is the standard that God has set. So if you are here this morning and you need Jesus. You need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You want to say, Jesus, from this moment forward, I want you to be directing my life. Maybe you have been living your life any hour before. God is giving you a chance this morning to redeem yourself. So if you are here this morning and you want to receive the life of Christ, you want to bear fruit, you want fruitfulness in, your, in everything that you do, I want you to come out, step forward this morning. Step forward this morning. All eyes closed, all heads bowed. If you want Jesus as the Lord of your life, I want you to come forward this morning. Come forward this morning. God is here to give you another chance. God is here to give you another chance. The Bible says, anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anybody, regardless of who you are, regardless of what you are.